privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network. Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, and Simul TV. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at TV is my email address. And on all social media sites, exxon Radio TV. And for the broadcast schedule for the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, it's channel 17, simultv.com. Um, before we get to my guest uh, this first hour, Kate Kunkel, just a few programming uh, changes that we're going to be doing in the near future. You may find uh, channels and times a little mixed up on our, on our channels. We are installing new servers. The people in engineering apologize for any convenience this might cause, but it's to serve you folks in the very near future that much better. All right, Kate Kunkel is my guest, and she is a writer, musician, and former television producer who has mixed her love of the arts with getting the truth out there since 1986. While working as a harpist in Las Vegas, serendipity inspired Kate to explore the healing properties of music and the harp. This led her to research, uh, research the power and, of sound therapy, resulting in her first book, The Healing Sound of Music. 
But life always has a way of sending us in other directions, as we all know, ExoNation. And in 2010, Kate's mother was diagnosed with dementia. The diagnosis spurred Kate into researching again, this time on the causes of this cruel affliction and what... Uh, what she discovered has ignited her in a passion to share the true reasons so many people are suffering. Kate's mission is to prevent others from dying with this terrific death her mother did. And uh, Kate's uh, work culminates in her newest book that is coming out this September, Don't Let the Memories Fade. Her website, katekunkel.com, and that's K-A-T-E-K-U-N-K-E-L.com. That's K-A-T-E-K-U-N-K-E-L.com. And Kate Kunkel, welcome back to the X-Zone all the way from Ecuador. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, here we go. It's, it's been quite a, a trip, and um, I'm so excited to be able to chat with you from this distance. Last time I was just down the road. This time it's quite a bit further away. So, so tell me, do you miss uh, the big city of uh, Toronto? Um, I miss, I miss the cool stuff that you could get in Toronto. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to get things like nutritional yeast here, which is a silly thing, yeah. but it, it's important for me. Uh, so little things like that, but the city itself, no, I, I really love it. I'm right on the beach. Oh, wow. So it was my lifelong dream to live by the ocean. And here I am mm. on the Pacific and I walk every morning and uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy here. Well, good for you. If you're happy, I'm happy. And you know, <laughs> you said a silly thing like, like the yeast and you know, if it's important to you, it's important and it's not silly. And I know a lot of people may think that, but no, in my book, if something is important to someone, to me it's not silly. So good for you. I'm so happy for you. Thanks, Bob. Um, your new book, Don't Let the Memories Fade, is coming out in September. Um, what was the, your inspiration for writing this book? Um, my mom was diagnosed with uh, dementia back mm. in 2010. I had just got back to Canada from living in the States for 25 years. Right. And I just got back to spend time with my mom and dad, and um, she started acting really strange <laughs> and it took us a while to figure out what was going on and when we finally got the diagnosis my sister and I were pretty much in a tailspin yeah yes so and, and you know I, I'm sure anybody who's listening to this ha and they have had a family member diagnosed you know what it feels like you just how you can't even describe to anybody else what that is that the feeling in your stomach and at the time, I had just been through a lot of changes in my life. So mm -hmm. I was suffering a little bit from, like, you know, where are my keys? Yeah. Um, why did I walk into this room again? You know, and I know it was partly to do with stress. But with mom's diagnosis and my scatterbrainedness, I guess that's a word, <laughs> I thought, oh, I'm not going down this road. I've got to figure out what's going on. So I started researching. How did your mom's uh, diagnosis of Alzheimer's change your day-to-day -day life? Oh, boy. Um, me, not so much because I was living in Toronto and my family was in Tilsonburg, but my poor sister, it changed her life dramatically. And my dad, really, because he was, he was mm -hmm. home with mom for the first couple of years after, like, I mean, she was there at home. Right. Um, and it, it got so that even when I would come and visit on the weekends, mom... You know, she couldn't cook anymore, of course. Oh, no. So I would always make sure I brought food for them for the week. So we made sure that they had food. Um, she couldn't, um, she wandered a lot. She couldn't sleep through the night, which is very typical now that I've learned all about this terrible affliction. It's very mm -hmm. common um, to not be able to sleep and to wander. 
And she was doing a lot of that. So poor dad couldn't sleep. And then whenever I would stay, I wouldn't sleep. Um, and of course, mom, it gets worse when you don't sleep. You know what it's like yourself. If you don't get a good night's sleep, what happens? Oh, you're, you're just, you feel buried for the rest of the day. You're just dragged out. Everything is, you're, you live in that foggy haze. Exactly. So yeah. imagine this woman whose brain is already oh, deteriorating and add that, you know, no sleep. Mm -hmm. So it, it, for, for all of us, it was a matter of just trying to make mom um, comfortable so that and, and so that nothing would agitate her because she had a very um, ag aggressive form. Like she was aggressive. Right. She got to be aggressive. That was the, the way her Alzheimer's presented. And so um, it was about keeping her at peace so that she could, you know, sleep and everything. But mm -hmm. she it was just and it was very fast. It was really? very fast for her. Between the time that she started having the the symptoms and the signs of Alzheimer's and the onset of Alzheimer's until the time that you folks got the diagnosis, how long did that take? That was about two years before we got a confirmed mm -hmm. diagnosis. Um, but it but by that time, I was already starting to dig into the yes, research, I... and I, I had already made the diagnosis. I knew that that's what was happening. All of the symptoms that she had, they pointed right to Alzheimer's. Something that a lot of people may not realize that when a person like your mom has, has Alzheimer's, the effect on the immediate family and the immediate circle is, is just horrific. Yeah. And you know what? The big thing with, with that, the caregivers, the circle, mm -hmm. as you said, which is a great word. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, they become so stressed. Yeah. And stress is one of the biggest contributors to the likelihood of developing dementia in the future. Um, so caregivers are especially susceptible to suffering dementia themselves because, one, they don't sleep very well. Right. Two, they don't eat properly. Mm -hmm. They don't get exercise. And they're in incredible amounts of stress. So it is a huge change for everyone involved. Is there a lot of support for people and families of people who have Alzheimer's? It kind of depends on where you are. Um, where my mom it was in Tilsonburg, Ontario, mm -hmm. it's this pretty small community. However, they did have an Alzheimer's Society um, chapter there for Oxford County. Right. So they got a fair amount of support, but... Here's the really difficult thing about a patient with dementia. They do not want to admit that they have dementia. Oh. They do not want to admit that's anything wrong. And in my mother's case, that mm -hmm. was very much the case because she was always, boy, she was a force of nature in her day, let me tell you. So for someone to tell her anything mm -hmm. just did not sit well at the best of times. So add dementia, which... which you know, one of the, the symptoms also is that you you don't filter anything anymore. When you get a little more advanced, you don't filter right from wrong, um, hurting people's feelings. That doesn't that doesn't enter your mind. So she she went that way very quickly, and so we couldn't even convince her to do things that would have maybe made it better for her. Oh, so it's this double. It's like it's this big circle because they've got this stuff going on. You mm -hmm. might have people who can help. 
like the people at the Alzheimer's Society would come and, and they would offer to help, but mom wouldn't accept it. And so then she'd get worse and they'd come and help. And, and it, so that, that's a problem with many patients with dementia. I've learned more and more as I've done this research. All right, Kate, please stand by. You and I have to take our first commercial break. Exonation, Kate Conkel is our very special guest this hour. And if you'd like to find out more about Kate, visit her website at katekunkel.com. Com. That's K-A-T-E-K-U-N-K-E-L.com. And watch out for her new book that's coming out this September, Don't Let the Memories Fade. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. I wish that I could hold you. You don't know how many times I wish that I could hold you into someone who could cherish me as much as I cherish you. Perish is the word that more than applies To the hope in my heart each time I realize Nobody can tell you There's only one song worth singing Welcome back, everyone. Kate Kunkel is my special guest. Her website is katekunkel.com, and she has a brand-new book coming out this uh, September entitled Don't Let the Memories Fade. Kate, is um, what do we know about uh, Alzheimer's? Is it the luck of the draw, or is it something that has to do with genetics? Well, there is a genetic component. Mm -hmm. um, there is a, a gene APOE4, doesn't really matter what it's called, but it is the gene that is present and it can increase your likelihood of developing Alzheimer's, not like, and that specific kind of dementia. So there are many kinds of dementia. Alzheimer's is just one of them. What is the most popular? And so this gene, the mo Alzheimer's is the most popular. It is, right? Yeah, it's the, it's the most common. Yeah. Okay. So this, this gene uh, is present, but you can have the gene and not have Alzheimer's, and you can most certainly have Alzheimer's and not have the gene. So it, does not, it is not a death sentence by any stretch of the imagination, and I, and I recommend to people not to even be tested for it because then you st set that thing in your brain, oh, I've got the gene, I'm going to get right. it, because people get that way, right? Is, the, is there any... Any cure in the foreseeable future that, that your research has, has shown, or is there any, anything happening that is promising when it comes to the, the early diagnosis and the cure of Alzheimer's? So for cure, no. The, the best cure is prevention, and that's mm -hmm. my whole thing, because nobody has to die. Nobody has to suffer with these diseases. Because they are, in most cases, I would say about 80%. Some researchers say 70%. It can be 70 to 80%. These are lifestyle diseases, just like smoking, 
<laughs> lung cancer the cancer causes cancer of the lung is caused by smoking. Yeah. Most cases of dementia is caused by poor diet, lack of exercise, and a whole ream of other risk factors. Um, the cure is coming from the prevention, but there are uh, now tools. Um, there are two blood tests that are just starting to come out. One test the tau protein, the other one tests amyloid. Those are the two proteins that create those. You've heard about the plaques and tangles yes. that are Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those are proteins that develop uh, and, and create these little messes, like nests almost in the brain. Um, and they can be, th th that protein can be measured now in some blood tests. They're working on it. But um, those tangles, those proteins are actually our body's defense mechanism kicking into high gear. Just like it can cause uh, an autoimmune disease. Yes. Um, our immune system going into hyperdrive is what causes these plaques and tangles to build and, and get worse and worse. The problem with the way the pharmaceutical industry has been approaching this is that they're trying to eliminate these plaques and tangles. But what happens if you remove the thing that the immune system is building to protect your brain? Mm -hmm. the immune system's gonna kick into higher gear. And that's why when patients are put on these drugs, they might get better for a little while, their uh, cognition might improve, right. but then they decline very rapidly. Because the immune system kicks in and say, holy shoot, we've got these, our, our system's broken, our system's broken, we got to go build more. And so that's what happens. Is, is, the, is there any one country that is, in your opinion, further advanced when it comes to the, the treatment of and the diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease? No. Treatment, treatment is, is basically the same everywhere. Really? And they, they give those, you know, a couple of different drugs have been approved. Mm -hmm. um, but no, there really isn't. Now, there are people that are much better at caring for people with dementia. Holland is amazing. The Netherlands has a great system. And I think in Canada, they're building one of the, the um, memory villages in, on Vancouver Island, I believe, is where they're putting it. So, and the, these are villages where they have um, little, it looks like a, a village, a mm -hmm. town, and they have storefronts and things like that, and, but it's all enclosed, of course, so the patients are safe, and it makes them feel like they're in their environment from when they were well. Oh, so it, 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 yeah, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, the sky, look, it looks like a sky, and it gets dark at night. <laughs> So there are, there are countries, and there are certainly in Ontario, there was a place that my mother ended up where she passed away was in London, and it was a very good facility. They had excellent memory care. But as you know from the, the deaths that happened during COVID in the nursing homes, the can of worms has been opened. Yes. That the care, yeah, so the care is not so good. And so when you don't have people getting any kind of mental stimulation, and they're not being fed properly, then decline is very rapid. I understand that you have made a connection between music and dementia. Yeah, I'm sure not alone in that. There's been a lot of research on, um, and I'm sure many people listening to this, if this is something you're interested in, you've probably seen the video of the elderly gentleman who was completely non-responsive and people would put a headphone with music from his youth mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And he started talking and and smiling and laughing. So there's some part of our brain that that is the, the, the music rests there. And that is the last part of our brain to go. It's really interesting. And so even though the patient may still be very sick and you're not going to cure them with music, mm-hmm. you can bring them back and ha- offer a better quality of life. Now, before they are, be, like when you're working on prevention, I recommend music any way you can get it. Dancing is amazing. Singing singing in a choir, because you also want to be with other people. That's so good for your brain. Singing in a choir um, and musicians this is very interesting, use both sides of their brains because music is math. And if you are using the creative side and you're using the mathematical side, you are using both sides of your brain, the corpus callosum, that big strip that goes between the hemispheres of your brain. It's actually thicker and stronger in trained musicians. Well, let me ask you something, Kate. If somebody is diagnosed with Alzheimer's, would it not be beneficial to teach them how to play a musical instrument? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Any way they could get to music is, is going to help. Yeah, it's, it's going to help slow it down. Now, you also need to help them eat properly because right. a lot of the food, um, food is a big issue. <laughs> and when people get older, lots of times they don't eat properly, right? They may not have the money. They yeah. may not have the, the facilities to cook. You know, there are a lot of reasons why they don't get the nutrition. And um, so with music, absolutely, that would help. That would absolutely, yeah. I've, I've always been one to say that we do not take proper care of our, of our senior citizens in this, mm-hmm. in this country of ours. Um, you know, the, it, there are other cultures where seniors are revered. They're mm-hmm. very important members of society because they have the experience, they have the knowledge, they have the life time of, you know, gathering this wonderful information that they hold. And yet, in Canada, well, we'll just put them in a home. We may visit them once a week just to make ourselves feel good. And yeah. I've always felt that's so bad. Yeah. And it's, and it's very, unfortunately, in most Western nations, mm-hmm. that's pretty well the way it is. But as, as you know, now I live here in Ecuador, yeah. and the family is very, very important here. I don't even, I think there's one nursing home in the whole peninsula here where I live. Right. Um, the families stay together. Wow. So, um, you know, like you might have three or four generations in the house. Yes. Um, so I think that's a reason. Um, Ecuador is number 144 in the world for Alzheimer's in, in terms of how many people have it, like 44 per thousand or something right and it's 144 per thousand or 10,000 sorry 10,000 in uh, the U.S. so think about that the one of the richest countries in the world and Canada is the same it's basically the same level as the United States Mm -hmm. Um, the level of Alzheimer's compared to here where it's a very poor country but the level of Alzheimer's is much lower You and I are going to have to take our break for the news at the bottom of the hour very shortly. But when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about nutrition because you are a vegan nutritionist. And I'd like to uh, get your idea and your suggestions for a diet because maybe there's somebody out there listening who 
either has someone in their immediate family who has Alzheimer's or knows somebody who has Alzheimer's, and, and we might be able to give them a helping hand when it comes to nutrition. Is that okay? Sounds awesome. All right, please stand by, Kate. Exonation, my guest this hour is Kate Kunkel. Her website is katekunkel.com, and uh, she has a new book coming out this September entitled Don't Let the Memories Fade. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Kate Kunkel is my guest this hour. Her website is katekunkel.com, and that's K-A-T-E-K-U-N-K-E-L.com. And like I've been saying, she has a new book coming out this September, Don't Let the Memories Fade. Now, Kate, we've been uh, talking about Alzheimer's uh, throughout this this show so far, and you are a vegan nutritionist, and one of the things you said in, in your research when it comes to Alzheimer's, is that is a factor, is a diet. So how can we better inform our listeners on what kind of diet that people who have um, Alzheimer's or who have been recently diagnosed to help them as well as their families? Okay, first, I would like to invite everybody to think about this as a prevention, no matter how old you are or how healthy you are. Because Alzheimer's and dementia take 25 to 30 years to develop. We set up the environment in our brains and our bodies way before it is ever diagnosed. So even if you're 40 years old and you're really healthy, Mm -hmm. you think you're really healthy, if you're eating the standard American diet, which I call the standard right? you're setting yourself up. If you drink too much, if you smoke too much, if you smoke at all, smoking is a huge factor. Um, So I I, I would just like to preface this by saying everybody is at risk because this is a lifestyle disease. And whether you have the APOE gene, APOE4 gene or not, you can bring this on just like we can bring cancer on by, by letting ourselves get exposed to like glyphosate, right? Right. So, um, the diet that I've, and I've researched them all, let me tell you, I've looked at the, the keto, the, the high protein, the low protein, the low carb, the everything. The one thing that seems to be, and this is from the blue zones as well. Do you know what the blue zones are, Rob? No, I don't. 
Those are areas around the world where people live the longest and the healthiest. One of them is in Loma Linda, California, which is on the West Coast, of mm -hmm. course. And the people there are mostly Seventh-day Adventists who are mostly vegetarian. Um, and they have some of the best health in the world. And so they've, they, there have been researchers who have examined all of these blue zones, they call them, around mm -hmm. the world. And the thing that is most uh, common amongst them all is a whole foods, plant-based diet. So that means, like, because being, being vegan doesn't necessarily mean you're eating well. Being vegan can mean eating impossible burgers, and those are impossibly bad for you. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> anything that's processed, yeah. like you go to your cupboard and you look at anything in a box, mm -hmm. just throw it out. Okay. Don't like, just tweet it. <laughs> because anything that's processed is not living. It is not a whole food product. And it's really, really important if you're going to keep your brain healthy and mm -hmm. your stomach, your gut healthy, you want a whole foods plant-based diet preferably organic. Now, I know that's really hard. In Canada, it's very expensive. But there's something called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. And you, you can find that online. Just put, put in Dirty Dozen fruits and vegetables. And things like spinach, unfortunately, and kale, uh, grapes, uh, apples. Those are amongst the, the fruits and vegetables that are most sprayed with, with uh, insecticides and pesticides. You want to buy organic of those. The Clean 15, those are, I think sweet potatoes are among them, but there are certain um, uh, fruits and vegetables that are a little cleaner. So if you have to budget, yes. then buy those ones that aren't organic. Interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, because organic, I mean, think of what glyphosate does. So one of the things that um, contributes greatly to the chance of developing Alzheimer's is inflammation. It's a very popular notion right now that we have to watch inflammation, um, especially if you're a little older because it, it really bothers the joints and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But inflammation can cause something called leaky gut. It's a real thing where the inflammation causes the junctures in our gut to, to uh, loosen. And so the stuff that shouldn't be getting into our bloodstream gets into our bloodstream. And where does that go? Right to the brain. And that's when our, our proteins, our immune system kicks in. And then it starts building those tax, uh, those proteins up to protect the brain. That's one thing that it can do. It can also just cause inflammation of the brain. It can also mess with the insulin. There's many things that it can do. And I explain all that in the book. But by eating a, a, a diet that has um, pesticides that can open and herbicides, that can actually destroy the that, that gut lining, mm -hmm. and it kills those good little... Have you heard of the microbiome? Yes. Yes. So those little bugs, they actually... We have more DNA from those microbes than we do of our human DNA in our bodies. So the microbiome then, if we disrupt it with antibiotics, with um, processed food, with lots of sugar, that really, just, that really messes with the, the bugs in our, our body, those also get um, out of balance. So you get more bad bacteria than good bacteria, and that causes all kinds of issues too. So that's why when I say a whole foods plant-based diet, preferably organic as much as you possibly can, mm -hmm. that is because all of those things that go into processed foods, generally speaking, processed foods are not organic. 
You might find some that are organic, but even if they're organic, they're still processed. So if, if this is known, Kate, why does the government allow all the crappy food that we have on our shelves if they're going to just do harm to us at one stage or another in our life? Oh, hon, I wish I had the answer. That is a $64,000 question, isn't it? Yeah, it's, because, it's horrific. It is, because they know, we know that glyphosate causes cancer. Mm -hmm. We know that. We know that it disrupts the gut microbiome. We know that. That's a fact. That's not speculation. There's all kinds of scientific proof. Yeah. And they allow it to be sold. Why? Because there are very powerful forces that are influencing the people who make the rules <laughs> to let this continue. The same applies to the cigarette industry, the the, the alcohol industry. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think one of the stupidest things that the governments have ever done is the legalization of marijuana because now you've got people who are not only drinking, but they're also smoking up at the same time. Yeah. It's a crazy world we live in. And unfortunately, it's the people, <laughs> it it's the people of, you know, the different sociological um, categories that we have in, uh, in this world of ours today who are suffering. And what is yes. this going to be doing to the youth by feeding well, them garbage food? <laughs> Oh, that is my big concern. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, this, Rob, because we think that by 2050, there will be three times as many people as currently, there are 58 million people with Alzheimer's right now, three times as many oh by 2050. And that's going to be these young people that are coming up now with the food that they're being fed, mm -hmm. with the Wi-Fi and, and, and um, Wi-Fi yeah. does have an effect, yeah. you know. EMF does have an effect. It can cause big problems um, with all of the processed foods, with the alcohol and those, the vaping. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh, that vaping. I don't know who, who let that get through. Yeah, from, what I, from what I've seen over the years, it's whoever can make the most money and pay the most to the deep pocketed politicians out there are the companies that, number one, win the battle, and number two, these are the companies that contribute to the failing health system that we've got. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, you make them sick, and yeah. then you, because the same company that makes you sick, Bayer owns Monsanto now, yep. so they're making people sick, and then they get to sell their drugs. What a deal. And of course, the government makes all the money on the taxes and on the licensing and everything else that goes on behind the scene. That's right. You know, and... Yeah, it's it's, it's really frustrating. And when you know, I mean, I've done so much research, Rob. I've spent almost 10 years researching this stuff now. Mm -hmm. And and when I see how even the drugs, so, so the Alzheimer's drugs, they've spent billions and billions and billions of dollars researching this. And they all fail. There's like um, Eli Lilly, is it Lilly, one of them, has even bowed out of the, the field completely because they're not having any success. But they won't spend $50,000 to do a good research study to see how much better an older person could be in a nursing home if they were fed a whole foods plant-based diet. Well, if we do that, and if we, keep our, if we keep our seniors healthy, then they won't go into the long-term facilities where, once again, independents and corporations are making a megabucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's horrific. And... 
Man, you know, I talk to people about UFOs, ghosts, things that go bump the night, and as well as the conspiracy theorists who are totally out to lunch. Do something about the problems that are real, for goodness sake. Let's stop inventing problems to solve when there are so many problems right in front of us. Makes no sense to me. Yeah, and you know, it makes no sense to me either, Robin. You know what? The schools, the school system with mm-hmm. the lunches, um, when you think about what the kids get for, for lunch. Let's talk um, about this when we come back for our final oh. break because this is a topic <laughs> that drives me crazy as well. Kate Kunkel's my very special guest www.katekunkel.com. Once again, the name of her book that is coming out this September is Don't Let the Memories Fade, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, and Simul TV. Welcome back, everyone. Kate Kunkel is our guest to this hour, www.katekunkel.com. She has a new book coming out this September. It's entitled Don't Let the Memories Fade. Uh, first of all, Kate, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight and for sharing the information that you have acquired during the, the research of Alzheimer's when Alzheimer's touched your own family with your mom. So thank you very much for everything you've done. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Um, we were ta- just going to talk about the... <laughs> the nutritional values of kids at lunchtime. And I didn't know there were any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, they're not many. Yeah, no. that's true. It's just disgusting. Really, what, um, what they pass off as food. You know, it seems that if there's a, if there's a convenience store near a school, uh, chips and pop are the order of the day, unless there's a pizza parlor or a McDonald's nearby. Yes, that is so true, so true. And and but even even when the the schools provide the lunches, mm-hmm. they're not they're not any better. No, that's true. It's not like when really? I was a kid going to school. Well, in 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 elementary school, we brought our own lunch, so mom and dad made sure that we got the very best that that we could get at the time for our lunches because my mom's European. So she understands the value of, number one, a good diet. Number two, going to bed at a decent time. She believed in structure in the home. And, you know, when you got home from school, you went out to play. After supper, you did your homework that mom and dad checked before you went to bed. But today... a novel idea. Yeah, it it is. And, And yet today with all the handheld devices, you know, Kids, kids today. I, I don't. What will happen if there's a solar flare that knocks out the electronics? Our, our oh, life will end as we know it. That's that's actually a really good point, Rob. What you just brought up because mm-hmm. 
one of the, the really important things we must do, we're, we're social animals, right? Humans, yep. we're, we're meant to be with other humans. That's how we're built. We are not meant to be communicating in, on, a, on a screen. Nope. That's not personal interaction. There are many things that are missing when you speak to someone that way, when you, when you communicate, especially if you're texting or you know, doing some, something through social media. One of the things that people that, that shows up most frequently when people are uh, declining, and this is a big problem now with COVID because people who are already a little bit on the edge mm -hmm. with cognitive decline, or if they're already demented, this isolation has been devastating. I mean, just absolutely devastating. And I see this with, with, even with my own dad, who's still in there by himself, and he couldn't go out and do things. He has declined because oh, he gosh. has a little bit of dementia um, uh, front pro because of strokes. Right. So these kids now, they're coming up. They are not getting true human social interaction. What's happening to their brains? In addition to all the other stuff that's going on with poor nutrition and everything and not getting enough exercise because that's huge, yeah. they are not able to communicate properly. They're not getting the, the, the hormones that are created when we are involved with people in a direct social way. Once again, you know, we look at society and we say, why aren't you doing something about it? We look at the governments and say, why aren't you doing something about it? I think we should also look at the school system and say, hey, why aren't you guys doing something about it? Yeah, and now the school system where everything's done online. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I, I just boggles my mind. Like, there's no more family unit unless everybody's got a um, a handheld device. You go to restaurants before COVID started. We, my wife and I would go to, let's say, uh, Swiss Chalet. And what we do in our house and when we go out for supper, we don't bring our cell phones with us. We leave them in the car. Yep. Because there's nothing that cannot wait until after supper, as far as I'm concerned. With you 100%, Rob. Yeah. We see it all the time. Even here, people have no money. And they're on the bus, or rattle trap buses, and yeah. they're on the bus, and they're on those gosh darn devices. They don't even look at each other. You know, the the excuse where, oh, I need it in case of emergency. Well, when I was a kid, and I'm sure the same is with you, <laughs> we, each, we each had a dime that was yep. our lifeline. You yep. know, if you needed help, you put the dime in something called a pay phone, <laughs> and you put your finger in something called the telephone dial. <laughs> And you do something called that, you know, yeah. kids today are, they scare the hell out of me because what is going to happen if there is a solar flare and the communication satellites are knocked out, the power lines are knocked out, the cell towers aren't working. What are these kids going to do? What are some adults going to do? A lot of adults. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it all the time, mm -hmm. all the time, even here. Really? I was eh? so disappointed when I came here. I thought, oh, it's going to be better. You know, I'll be able to have conversations with mm -hmm. people. I'll be able to practice my Spanish. But I get on the bus and they're just as their noses are in the stupid devices just oh, as geez. much as they were at home. Uh, do you think there's anything we can do to change it to make it better? The only thing I, I honestly you are doing a huge thing 
by bringing it to the public. Because without people like you, Rob, no people don't understand this. There's nowhere else for You're not going to get it on major media. Mm-mm. You're not going to get it on corporate media at oh. all. So it's up to people like you and to you. have the platform to do this, Rob. You're, the, you're our best, greatest hope. Oh, people like thank you. you so much. That is so nice of you to say. Well, that's true. Oh. <laughs> but also we can in, encourage people mm-hmm. to t- stop, to just stop a moment and evaluate. What am I doing with my life now? That will impact me when I get a little bit older. Because you know what? Even though you don't think you're going to make it, yeah, you do make it. You make it to 65 or you make it to 70. And when I choose, when I learned what I know now, mm-hmm. I changed my life dramatically. I became totally vegan. I lost 42 pounds, God bless Rob. You. Wow. And I didn't even try because I was eating whole foods, clean foods, Nothing was getting stuck in my gut. Right. I was everything. My skin is better. I have more energy. I'm 62 years old. I have more energy now than I did when I was 32. So if people could just stop a moment and think, every choice you make, is this good for my brain? Because if it's good for your brain, it's also good for your heart. And it will also help you prevent cancer. And those are the big killers in our society. And the big reason the, the medical system is in such a mess Kate, what would you say to someone who has a spouse or parent or grandparent who is beginning to show signs of Alzheimer's? And how do you suggest that they deal with it? Yeah, so you have to tread tread softly mm-hmm. <laughs> because people get their backs up pretty quick, yes? Um, if somebody says to you, wow, your memory's not so good, you know, like that, that you can't do it that way. So the way the way we did it with my dad after his strokes um, is we just said, hey, Dad, um, you know, would you like to, to do this? Or how about let's go here? Let's mm-hmm. do this. And we would take him to places where we knew we would get some stimulation for him. So like we signed him up for a, a stroke rehab group. Yes. And until COVID hit, they went every Friday and he'd meet with people and he had have fun. They'd play games and stuff like that. So it's, it's that is one thing to get them in a gentle way to do things that they have not done before. Cause my dad would never have done that stuff before because learning new things is so powerful. So it would get them out of their, their zone mm-hmm. because that will also make them more open to other things. And that might mean different foods that are healthier. That might mean, you know, going to a concert because I know it sounds weird, but I, I took my dad to see the, the new year's day concert there at, uh, in, in Toronto, yes. the Vienna salute. Right. I took him to see that he'd never been to anything like that before. New experiences, especially if they have music, of course, are very, very powerful suggesting food things. But you know what, if you're, if you're the caregiver, if you're somebody who's going to end up being looking after this person, you're going to have to make those changes too. How about the musicals that are available on DVD that uh, people with Alzheimer's can actually watch at home? Yeah, there's, it's always good to have music. I don't care how you get okay. it. But it's better if somebody's with you when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. And it's actually better if it's music that is familiar <laughs> to the person so that they can talk about the memories ah. connected with it. So what you do is you get the, the, the little brain neurons firing. And exactly. stimulated, and they can actually start going back and forth through the little file drawers in their mind 
and pulling out the information. Exactly. Excellent. And another thing, um, is the, I can't remember the doctor's name. He's in California. Mm-hmm. He suggests cooking to get the smells in the house right. and to talk about that. Um, the tastes, of course. Mm-hmm. Textures, touching fuzzy things or silky things. Because imagine imagine a bride and groom on their wedding night 65 years ago and, and he's stroking her beautiful satin gown. You know, those yeah. kinds of memories are amazing to help that those neurons fire. Kate, I hate to do this, but you and I have to say so long for now. I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. As always, great pleasure talking to you, my friend. Continued thank success, you. and thank you for all that you do. Thank you very much, and to you. Let's keep in touch. We will. Take care, Kate, and enjoy Bye-bye. the beaches. <laughs> I most certainly will. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye now. Exo Nation, our guest this hour has been Kate Kunkel. And uh, for more information about Kate, visit her website, katekunkel.com. And the name of her book coming out in September, Don't Let the Memories Fade. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. 